that little pop-up or you see something in the description below the, uh, at the bottom of the website asking what do you what can you break your experience one to ten how was your experience today a ux researcher takes that information and actually does something with it right it's not just to say hey check a box and like you know we're great we're, we're tens we're rated 10 we're awesome no then we take that information and utilize it to make your experience better good morning good evening good afternoon wherever you're tuning from i am joseph m smith and i'm here with jimmy jimmy i'm so glad to have you to the show thank you so much for letting me uh join join up I'm glad that we're able to do this join up finally together. It's it's going to be a really good conversation. Uh, and I know everybody's looking at me like, what happened to your glasses? Uh, my wife told me that actually uh, that reflection was very distracting for her in regards to my light in my glasses and all the stuff she could see. So she was like, take it off. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really need it anyway. So, <laughs> so I decided to go without the glasses and I wanted to kind of just get on here and say thank you again for all those who are subscribed to the YouTube channel. For those that are listening on the podcast, whether Apple, Spotify, or Google, or anywhere else podcasts are sold, thank you for joining us on another edition of Techniques Tips. So all right now, I just want to say again, I have Jimmy with me here, uh, Mr. Jimmy Chung. He is actually an expert in the field and working in the industry of UI UX design. And he's going to break that down because I'm not going to lie. I, I bring on guests oftentimes that are experienced because I want to know questions that we may have similar questions uh, regarding different topics or subjects. So with that being said, we're going to get right into it because I'm curious about this. But before we do, let's find out a little bit about Jimmy. So Jimmy, tell us about yourself, a little bit about your work experience and and a little bit about how you got into this field. Sure, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny, though, when you ask people in the UX field, um, especially when people in my experience of 15 plus years of experience, They'll give you so many different answers, right? Uh, but my answer, how I started, is actually very interesting. Um, I've been uh, an entrepreneur my entire career, um, powered by grit and hustle. And I actually started out, you know, when I was 19. Um, when I started out when I was 19, I was was in the, the beginnings of uh, everyone getting to like MySpace and everyone's Ooh, creating their own MySpace. websites. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, takes you back. <laughs> takes you all the way back. So uh, back in the MySpace days, when everyone's creating their own profiles, everyone's editing code. Well, I was I was very involved in getting obsessed about eBay, right? In the beginning mm. of eBay, and I got involved into the beginning stages of drop shipping before it was cool. Before everyone's talking about it on TikTok, Instagram. Um, I was drop shipping. I was drop shipping on eBay. I was studying e-commerce. I was mm. doing a lot of EB testing, testing out uh, different products, uh, different marketing techniques, uh, different graphics uh, on the e on eBay marketplace. And that was my beginning stages of getting. I fell in love with user experience, right? Uh, because mm. you're really you kind of learn what you're doing it right at the point. I didn't realize I was doing it, but at the point of, you know, putting products on eBay, putting titles, subscriptions, images, and then getting questions. And this is where I'm studying from my users, my customers. They were mm. asking me for certain things like, well, can you give me a description of the product? Can you give me certain images of the product? Can you give me certain angles of the product? And I'm, now I'm studying what the users want um, mm. and where they're struggling and I'm also studying the pages of my competitors um, on other eBay channels and whatnot. And that was like my yeah. kind of my beginning stages into the intros of uh, understanding the user, understanding user problems, and then testing different, different solutions, right? Managing that. Eventually, that entrepreneurship got me my first job, my first corporate career job at Foot Locker. Nice. Um, love Foot Locker and my beginning stages of Foot Locker. I actually joined the East Bay division, right? Um, those, you know, any kids that were sneakerheads collecting Jordans back in the day, going to class, flip, flipping the East Bay catalog, you know what I'm talking about. We call it the East Bay magazine. Yeah. That, that was my dream company to jump into, right? I, I, yeah. I was that kid that read the magazines. I couldn't afford anything, but I <laughs> still loved it. Um, yeah, I, I got my first internship. 
uh, at East Bay, aka Foot Locker at the time. And I, I was actually given, I completed two internships and I was given the, the opportunity to create some R&D, right? To do some stu- studying on, hey, how can I take uh, baseball products, right? And how can I evolve baseball products to be something that consumers will, will need, but try yeah. to discover what they want, right? And that's why I started to do re- research and doing interviews. I interviewed baseball players, interview softball players uh, in my local uh, in local uh, leagues, right, to understand mm-hmm. what bats they liked, um, what bats they liked, what bats they didn't like, what brands worked for them, what brands didn't work. Uh, Did a lot. That's what my biggest exposure to, you know, interfacing on a person-to-person live interviews, collecting that data, yeah. um, doing product review videos, right? So a lot of the on-field experience incorporated into those internships um, uh, studying the, the users themselves, the people that are buying the products, right? And then taking wow. that information back um, to the, the actual uh, e-commerce strategies teams uh, to be able to use that information to be able to sell and be able to optimize uh, Foot Locker's properties, right? Uh, yeah. To be able to sell to the customers. Um, but yeah, like, you know, please feel free to pause anytime you want. I'm... Well, I- I'm gonna say this because I'm I'm thinking people are like shaking their heads like uh huh uh huh and then they're like wait what wait what did he say uh come on say yama uh you know and they try to they try to figure out so I'm gonna go and say uh, let's break it down for some people who may not know uh, yes. because you said it before before this conversation started that UI and UX design that 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 could be tricky for people to really kind of grasp it so let's break it down let's start off first with what is UI yeah absolutely so UI is user interface right. Um, typically in the field, uh, especially anybody that enters the field through colleges or boot camps, um, they do get that exposure, right? And it's mostly what you see from a design perspective. Uh, what you may expect from a UI is somebody that's actually designing, like a UI designer, for example, that's a occupation, right? Uh, the responsibilities of a UI designer is to be able to make sure that they're able to wireframe, um, like be able to take requirements, be able to take a user's problem, uh, take the user's information and be able to convert it to an actual wireframe, right? Mm. And what, you know, like, what is a wireframe, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to break it in deep, right? <laughs> so I'll give you a real life example. Let's say, for example, uh, I if I'm sitting down and I'm talking mm. to a customer, a customer is telling me about how how do you like to shop, right? I'm studying the behaviors. I'm watching them uh, navigate through websites. Yeah. Now, the next stage is what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to observe and collect that information of how, what are the pain points, what works for them. I'm going to take that information as a UI designer. Uh, and this is not going to be a perfect sense because we talk, we haven't talked about UX yet. Yeah. As a UI designer, I'm just interpreting one side. I'm just looking at how a customer use, utilizes a website, for example. And I'm just taking a pencil um, you know, some people are very old school to take a pencil and they'll start dr- drawing. All right, here is mm. here is a website. This is the menu. This is where the images would go. It started very raw. That's what we call it. Like a oh, so really like the raw visual way. aspect of it. Yes, yes. Ah. Visual aspect of it, right? You're translating okay. to paper. You could do it. You could use Figma to start drawing wireframes. But basically, you're drawing it out, right? But you're not making it visually pretty yet, right? Oh, okay. You're just trying to figure out where should the information land. Right. Mm, uh, where should I put yeah, the layout, the information? Uh, where should I put the buttons? Where should I put the images? You're starting out there very fresh, but you do not yeah. have enough information at that point um, to say, hey, I'm done. Right. So UI designers just like starting that beginning journey of creating the wireframe. They haven't done the full fledged visual uh, treatment yet, but that's okay. usually how they start. And then UX would then be the opposite of that, right? Would it be, well, not the opposite. That would be more of the information, the experience, you would you say? Yes, yes. So UX, you know, the thing is everyone has a different ter- interpretation of UX and how it applies, right? So user experience, right? It's about the holistic experience of the user, right? Uh, and the occupations that falls into UX will usually be a UX researcher, right? I'm just going to mm. give it like a very simple example. Um, There's a lot of different occupations for UX. So I'm just going to okay. pick a UX researcher, for example. The U- UX researcher's responsibility is to go out there and uh, pretty much discover what are the user needs, 
right? Mm. What are the user problems, right? And they're trying to figure out how can, what are the biggest problems that I need to solve for the user? What's very impactful so that we could provide the right value, right? Okay. So some, a couple examples here for a UX researcher. A UX researcher can conduct a test, a usability test to observe uh, what a user is doing, right? So for example, if I'm shopping for shoes, right? At Foot Locker, for example, um, I, myself as a UX researcher, I wanna know how, how is the customer shopping for shoes? Where are they struggling, right? So I'm observing that behavior and that can be conducted uh, through inviting the customer to do a, a test or I could observe, um, out in the wild, how a, a customer goes into the store and picks a shoe hmm. uh, and converses with the store team members. Um, but that's just one example. We They take wow. all that information, right? Whether it's quantitative or qualitative, they take all that information and identify trends, right? Hmm. Um, and if they, they start to identify trends, what's working for the customers? What What's really working that we're really good at? What are some pain points that we haven't solved that we got to solve? And wow. then they take this information uh, and they create like what they call a research summary and they provide this to a UI designer and they provide that education to the UI designers like, hey, no, this is what's working, right? Let's not break this, right? Um, yeah. Keep maintaining, but these are some pain points that we may want to address. And this information, this rich data helps to inform the UI designer to figure out where, to, where they need to prioritize their designs Right, and how would they approach the design? So now they're backing up the designs with actual data from the, about the users, right? Now huh. you're being very user-centric. Yeah, thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get from, through me, Joseph50, that's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course, any which one, whether it's, again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link, and sign up right now. What are you waiting for? So that's where you kind of see, like, back some 25% for this, da, 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 or this, da, 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 on the website. That's kind of where that UX comes from. And would you say that they often use often use surveys and things like that to gain, gather that information? Because I'm thinking about the many surveys that were offered to on multiple different ways, whether even it's on even it's on like YouTube, for example, we may be watching YouTube and they say, did this ad how it was how well was this ad to like your needs or whatever the case may be? Agree, disagree, strongly disagree. So that's all part of UX. That's yeah, all correct? of our UX. Yeah, there's wow. a first. There's a UX researcher collecting that information. So whenever you go to a website, and some you see that little pop up, or you see something in the description below the uh, at the bottom of the website asking, "What do you, what can you rate your experience one to ten? How was your experience today?" A UX researcher takes that information, and actually does something with it, right? It's not just to say, "Hey, check a box," and like, you know, we're great, we're we're tens, we're rated ten, we're awesome. No, then we take that information and utilize it to make your experience better. So that the question that popped in my head is, how valuable is a person that has that ex, that has that skill set, a UX researcher? Because now we're diving into market research. Now we're diving into all these different things that equate to businesses generating sales, thus having money, thus hiring more people. Like, like how essential is uh, for somebody that just simply focuses on being a UX researcher? That's the title. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a UX researcher and UI designer. Yes. UI designer. So a UX researcher, how let me start there because I'm just kind of like fascinated now that I finally sure. got that all cleared up. If y'all are like me and you're just like, oh, it's starting to make sense now, go ahead and put it in the comment section because it's starting to make sense for me. So the UX researcher, how like what can a person who's looking to get into that field expect to receive compensation-wise? Because it sounds like it's a very valuable role. Am I wrong? is extremely valuable role. And, you know, here, here's the thing. A lot of companies are starting to, uh, you know, just you can just find a variety of companies that are either starting off and apply, uh, adding UX researchers. And there's going to be mature companies that actually have multiple levels of researchers, right? And the compensation mm. will vary. Compensations will vary, right? 
if you just want an example, uh, usually UX researchers can make anywhere from uh, $80,000 and up, right? The averages is in the six digit range. Uh, if you're just starting off, um, starting off from a, a boot camp or school, it's, you know, it might, you might be 60 in some organizations, right? That are just starting off. Uh, and yeah. a more mature organization, it could be, you could be lucky. You could be making 80, right? Hold um, on. Yeah. Wait a second. So you're saying, and I'm just, cause I, I saw this recently. I saw a TikTok video of this guy who's a nurse. You know, yeah, I got my entry level position, 60K. You're saying that somebody that takes a tech boot camp can become a UX researcher and make the equivalent to a nurse? The amount like 60k is a pretty good pretty good salary yes, and that's just absolutely. entry level yes absolutely you, you definitely can um i've definitely hired uh entry level ux researchers and they they not only have i'm not in addition to the, the boot camps in addition to the college ed education these are people that actually did internships too right so oh. uh, i do encourage doing some internships getting some experience a little bit of experience before you get there uh, but yeah, you you can you can make that much because a, a value of a UX researcher is so important to our organization, right? Uh, and you know, I'll definitely I'll definitely apply more uh, a little support behind that. But yeah, feel free to keep, keep shooting at your questions. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 trying to put my mind in the mind of those that are listening right now. There, yeah. I think a lot of people again, they see. Here's what I here's I'll tell you what I thought. When I saw UI UX design, I'm thinking, oh, this person just creates websites. That's another fancy way of saying a, a web designer, which is a part of it if you're looking at the UI portion of it. But it's so it's so layered, it's like so deep. oh, this is so deep. Like it's a it's an industry within itself. It's a totally different world within itself. And so I I, I can imagine that my audience is looking at each other if they're watching if they're, if they're with somebody like wait a second I didn't even know what this was or I just assumed one aspect of it was all that it was if, if this is like if you're like me and you're just like hey i i didn't know what this was i'm learning <laughs> i'm learning right now go ahead and put yourself in the chat listen this is why i have this channel in the first place so let's let's so let's we talked about what the you somebody in ui uh, excuse me somebody that's a ux researcher i'm getting it right now yep, yep, uh, got it. <laughs> how much they could be possibly making and the value that's there and let's go right over to somebody that's in a UI, the UI user interface, what is a range for somebody, the value that's there, the compensation that they can expect? Absolutely. Uh, so in the industry, you're starting to see, uh, it, it's usually around the same range, right? It's not gonna be that different between a UX researcher and a UI designer. And I'll explain why uh, down the road, right? But right now from a UI designer, you probably can expect the same range. And again, Various, it depends on your location. I do have to reinforce that. It depends on your location, right? Uh, so, for example, you're in California, entry level is probably not going to be 65. It's probably going to be a lot higher than that, right? Mm -hmm. So, that location does vary. That's very important to hear. So, that's something that I do want to reinforce. But it's usually it's around the same. Wow. I, I live in the Northeast. I live in Jersey. So, the fact that I'm, I'm I, I love the tech sales field, but the, <laughs> with the fact when you said, imagine where you live and California, you might get more than 65. That to me, that's like, man, if especially people that are artistic, they're like, oh, wait, let's find out more about this. I'm, I'm interested in this. Oh, man. So my, my mind is racing in a good way. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let to, to add more into it, right? Please, so please do. Please do. For a, for example, um, you, probably, you know, there's probably going to be some questions of compensation. I know this could be a lot of industry experts questioning some of these salaries. But this, mm -hmm. is, this is just based on my experience, based on talking with recruiters, talking with hundreds of uh, applicants that provide the salaries, right? And you know, that's, that's kind of the range that I kind of discovered. You know, usually entry level is between like 65 to 80. And, you know, once you're senior and you get a couple of reps in, uh, you're probably going to, again, it depends on what market you're in. Uh, I'll say some of the, some of the mid-market sites I see are probably for a senior level. For a UX mm -hmm. researcher or a UI designer, uh, right. it could be around uh, 120, right? Uh, 120 to 130-ish, right? Ooh. And that's talking about the senior level. But if uh, and that's just mid-range. If I'm talking to somebody from California or Washington where the cost of living is high, yeah, uh, higher than myself in where I live in Texas, Sometimes those senior roles. I'm talking to, I've spoken to people and they make 250, right? Mm. Uh, so I'm talking about a senior designer making 250 mm. per year. 
um, you know, like probably two hundred thousand dollar base and overall compensation, et cetera, et cetera. But the, it really depends on the location, right? Yeah. But you're probably asking why, like why, why does Tell a researcher why. Get, why does a researcher get that much information? Why does they get a designer deserve this much um, compensation, right? Yeah, uh, they have extremely important roles, and I'll tell you why. Right, I'll give you an example. Several years ago, I did uh, I did some consulting, right, and it was I did consulting for a, a very short research gig, right, mm. and this research gig. I actually revealed to a, I worked with a retailer and I kind of revealed to them. I did, I studied, I interviewed their customers. I looked through the Google analytics data and I found an opportunity that was a, what I called the hundred thousand dollar opportunity where Ooh. they were losing money by a hundred thousand dollars the way I calculated. And uh, it turned out to be true that they actually, once we fixed this bug, this usability bug, uh, they actually made more than $100,000, but at the time I was predict, I was estimating to be $100,000 due to the amount that they were losing, right? Based on events, based on AOV, based on the conversion that they're losing. And that was just me be playing a role as a UX researcher, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this gig and providing that value, right? So wow. you have to think about that. Somebody that's doing this full time as a UX researcher and you know, as a UI designer, when you work for a, a um, when you work for a company, you're providing a ton of value, right? And something I do want to add is a lot of researchers and a lot of designers that I do meet, especially uh, entry level, right? You college graduates and boot, uh, people, kids, uh, graduates from boot camps. Often, what I often encounter is that the soul they undersell themselves. They don't, mm. they don't, they don't sell themselves as revenue generators. And that's Ooh. something that needs to change, right? And they don't know their market share, uh, how much market share they can actually bring. And Come they on, usually saw themselves as like, hey, I'm here to solve user problems. And sometimes these organizations, you, you will encounter this. I, I think every UX professional has encountered this. When oh. you join a company and they, they, their UX maturity is not that high, right? They're like, I get it. You know, things need to be usable. It needs to be user-friendly. They like to do the talk, but they are not really bought in. Right. Mm. So that makes it very tough for an entry level person coming in. Because now they're thinking, like, hey, I'm going to join the company. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to talk to customers. And I'm going to make it easier for them to use the website or use the mobile application. But yeah. where to struggle with is quantifying. Ooh, Quantif- quantifying revenue here. And this is something I do want to talk about. It's very important. This is good. Anyone that's coming into the field and I've been having, I've been, you know, I've been uh, open to work for a little while, but I've been spending my time, spending my free time educating new college graduates, anybody that's coming from these boot camps, like, hey, you got to UX chops. Now you know how to do UX research. Now you know how to do UI design. So does everyone else. (laughs) Everyone else. How do you stand out? So how do you stand out? Is to bring your business, you got to put on your business hat on, right? Mm. So... I know this is gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be shifting high level, low micro level. So uh, okay, bear trying to follow you. Yeah. <laughs> so, hold the reins. <laughs> so I'll give some examples. A UX researcher and a UI designer, right? They're most usually they're mostly focused. They've been trained in these in college and boot camps to study the user, pick a problem, right, and make it easy to use, make it accessible so that anyone can use your product, right? Mm-hmm. And that's great. But, you know, when you're pitching to a CFO, a chief financial officer that holds um, that holds control over your budget, that can empower you to do more things. You got to convince that CFO, why should he spend money on UX, right? Because as a mm. CFO, if they give money to you, they want more in return, right? Yeah, ROI. ROI. You make, like, making customers happy. Yeah, you can make customers happy by giving free stuff out, right? But you can lose money. <laughs> so you got to find a way to make sure that you're helping the CFO, helping the C- uh, your chief executive officer to prove the case that, like, hey, by doing this research, by doing this design, we're actually going to produce something that, yes, it will make it appealing to the consumers, it'll make it easy to use for the consumers, but we're getting something in return, Right. And that's through building a business case, 
and that that's something that's usually missing. I, I see that that's missing a lot of portfolios, right? Mm. You, you take a look at a UX researcher's portfolio or UI designer, they're, they're talking about the outputs. And what I mean from an output perspective is that they will show like, hey, I did this research, I collected 100 surveys, I did the survey, and out of surveys, uh, 100 people, like, you know, 80, 80% uh, loved the product, 20% did not, and some of them said these things about the product, and that was it, right? Yeah. Cool. Where do we go from there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? We, we got the output, right? Now, the important thing is outcome. We mm. got to try outcomes. So as a researcher, when you're taking that information, gathering that information, this is where you're, you need to partner with, with beyond your UI designer. You need to partner out, you know, as a UX researcher, you need to partner with UI design. You got to partner with marketing. You got to partner with engineering. You got to partner with sales. If you happen to have a sales department, it, it varies, mm. right? Uh, you got to partner with customer care. You're taking all these different inputs, these different diverse perspectives of how your, you know, your company is ex, you know, exposed to these users. Everyone has a different perspective, but yeah. most importantly, you're taking in the, the user feedback as well. But now, mm -hmm. once you have this user feedback, now you understand the customers, you need to understand the business, right? At the end mm -hmm. of the day, what are you trying to achieve as an outcome perspective, right? So when we, when yeah. we approve this user experience, how, like, what type of outcome we're we trying to produce? I'll give you an example, right? Are you trying to improve conversion, right? Are you trying to improve revenue? Are you trying to increase uh, orders per basket, right? Or order, order uh, your average order value, right? Mm. These values really count because at the end of the day, these are the outcomes of most likely what your your senior leadership is looking for, right? Because at the end of the day, when you look at the, the monthly financials, the weekly financials, we got to pump those rookie numbers up, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so it, has to, it has to do something with it. So building out those business cases are talking about what problems we're solving, which yeah. business metrics we're targeting, and proving proving out that when we, when we do the research, we do the design, and we work with engineering to deploy it, we're also measuring what was deployed. Mm. Really show the executives and the leadership like, hey, we did that work, all that work that was put in, those people hours that we put in, the outputs that we put in produce this outcome, right? Mm. Now you're proving the value of UX and UI, right? Yes. Rather than just say, hey, we did the outputs, here's your research report, here's your design. It looks great, but we can prove that by tracking these values and measuring what we do with the customers, right? Using analytics, so the customer, we can show our stakeholders while well, collaborators on senior leadership, what we actually did. Hey family, it's Joseph here again. Now you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life. I actually wanna introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it, truly is recession proof, and that is cybersecurity. Level Careers is a platform similar to Course Careers that is self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and ed education in cybersecurity, and get this, without prior experience or a degree. That's right. And so you definitely want to get into that. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below. It's in my description. And use my promo code JOSEPH10. That's right. Use my promo code JOSEPH10 in order to save 10% off of the purchase price of that course. So without further ado, I'm not going to delay you. Go click on the link. Check out the free introductory courses and change your life today. That is that is that is so deep on so many levels. I feel like they're like an equivalent to an accountant in a way that they're accounting for all that has happened. But they're also saying and they're also like a financial advisor in the sense of that. They're like, this is what happened. This is what we can do to increase this and over here. So that leads me to another question. I'm, I'm still stuck on UX researcher for now, but we're going to go to yeah. UI. I promise yeah. those yeah. that are interested in that. But. In regards to the UX researcher, the type of person that would be a good fit for that, you, I, I'm assuming you're familiar with the disk assessment. And I'm just going to say it for everybody, like the yeah, dominant I is a person that's like, hey, I, I want to be your friend. S is, I'm a, I'm a strong S and that we're, 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 we're sensitive, we're more people oriented. And then C are those people that are just very calculative, that are very much like, all right, you know, this, this has to add up. We're, the math has to math. Right. And so 
what what type of person you would say naturally fits a UX researcher? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's that's funny how you mentioned that the this method is, sounds very similar like this uh, personality test that's out there. I can't recall the name, but yeah. it, it uses the red, blue, green, yellow uh, yeah. spectrum as well. But yeah, just for a UX researcher, it's going to be very, it's going to be somebody that's going to be very analytical, right? Mm. Because you're going to be playing both, you're going to be processing different types of data. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes it's going to be a massive amount of data, right? So you have to be very analytical. You have to be unbiased. <laughs> you have to be unbiased, right? You have to disconnect yourself um, from the product, right? Because now you're representing the users, right? Um, but you're also making sure that you can tell stories. Storytelling mm. is so important. And this is where wow. I, I do want to hone in on this point. Storytelling is probably a big opportunity for a lot of emerging UX researchers that do come out, right? They really? know, yeah, they, they, I'll tell you that I, I met a lot of entry level UX researchers, even seasoned. They're good at talking about the customer, what they found out, right? If you know, if, if you were to ask them, like, how was the research, how did the research go, they could verbally tell it. But sometimes displaying that, conveying that during, executive meeting some i've seen people fall apart right mm. and that is a skill set that should be worked on right and that's that's extremely important storytelling it's, it's something that all of us need to work on right i'm yeah. always working on it everyone needs to work on it uh, there's a lot of coaches that do work on storytelling and for research you do that, all that work you're on the ground you're doing the interviews you're looking to data, of, you know, you're taking a look at the surveys from a quantitative or qualitative perspective, you're processing all that feedback. Now you did the work to get the data. Now you need to package that together and tell, convey the story of what, what were the trends, right? Mm. What were the trends? What did we find out? And the most important thing is what are we going to, as a UX researcher, what is your take, right? Taking that feedback, what is your take on summarizing that into recommendations, right? Mm -hmm. your, your job is to, to take that information and help others in, in your org. You need to help product management. You need to help the UI designers. You need to help others uh, in your team to take that information, able to process it, right? So that yeah. storytelling of being able to, you know, to be able to tell your collaborators how you got the research, right? Who was in the research, why? What was the requirements for the research and the recommendations of summarizing that into something that's actionable is very critical uh, to success. Wow. You have to be not only a person that is analytical, but you have to be creative as well. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, and wow. we'll talk more how that's emerging these days. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. A UX researcher's job is not easy. You know, that's why they get paid so well. <laughs> that's why they get paid so well. It's a tough job. It's it's rewarding, but it's tough. Oh my, oh my. Well, I gotta pause and say right now, if this is something that you are finding so much value in, let us know in the comments section below. Also, just so you know, one of the things that we're gonna dive into is how to get into the field of UX researcher or UI design. One of the ways I know of is through a tech bootcamp that we talked about. And the tech bootcamp I could talk about is the one that I went through for tech sales, which is course careers. They actually have a UI design and UX researcher program that might be a good fit for you. But hey, listen, I don't want you to take my word for it. There's a free introductory course. You could check it out for yourself. If it's something that you find is a good fit, great. And if it's not, let's find something better, whatever it can be. But I, I basically can stand by course careers because from my personal experience, I, they have allowed me to go through and be able to land a job through their tech sales course. And hopefully you can have a great experience with the UI and UX course. In fact, if you have taken it, let me know in the comment section below. Message me directly because I really want to know. I really want to know what your experience was going through the course. So with that being said, let's just shift to the UI portion of it because I want to kind of get some wealth of knowledge there. And I'm going to talk about a few things to help people actually land a job in this role. But let's talk about the UI design. So again, analytical, that's that's UX. We kind of we got we kind of got that locked Very in. Analytical. But I feel like the same sort of mixture is in also on the UI where you have to be creative but also analytical at the same time. <laughs> 
you do in order to be successful um, mm. a lot of a lot of ui designers will fall into the creative side right um, yeah. and we always need that creative side we need that innovative creative side to make sure that we're able to solve complex problems right but yeah. you're absolutely right it's a lot of it's a lot of creative um the analytical piece you know you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit in a bit when we talk, start talking about product design. But a lot of a lot of UI designers, yeah, they they're more on the creative side. You know, trying to figure out uh, what are the patterns that users are, are used to, right? That will produce the less, the most minimal amount of friction, right? How do I make it delightful for the users? And mm-hmm. sometimes you know, that creativity. There needs to be a balance. There's a balance between creating the blue sky, the sky approach of uh, something that looks wonderful. It feels good to use the product, but you know, there's something that we didn't talk about, and th- that's most important. In this conversation is the engineering part too, uh, right? You could design something super wonderful, but how long are you gonna wait for it, for it to be built, right? So a UI designer, they have a really tough job as well. Um, they're taking that information that's provided to them from a UX researcher, and w- one of the things that they do work on, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna vary, right? But a good UI designer will start out thinking about the critical information that needs to be put into a layout, right? What's the most important information to a user? They'll start there, right? They'll start prioritizing the most important information, and then they'll start to figure out, all right, where do I need to put this information that will make sense? Uh, you know, using a design system, right? A design system is going to have a variety, a library of, uh, of, let's talk, let's say in simple terms, Lego pieces, right? It's going to have a bunch of Lego pieces that you use over and over again, right? To design, right? So you can be very consistent. I'm big in Tetris when you say that. (laughs) So a UI designer will take these Lego pieces, right? And they could try to figure out, all right, based, based on user behavior, where I'm going to put these Lego pieces that the users will understand. Again, they're making an assumption until you know they'll start creating the, the wireframes using these Lego pieces oh. of where where this Lego piece belongs. This Lego piece belongs here. When I click on this Lego piece, it should do something, right? That's mm. the uh, the interaction piece, right? Uh, so that the users understand what's happening. So once they do that, once once they do the designs, they design for motions, design for accessibility, making sure that anyone can use your product. They take this, you know, what they call a prototype. So once you create the design and you're making the design clickable. So when you click on the design, it does things, right? So for example, if you are a UI designer and you created a mobile app, right? In the mobile app, there's a, a text box. You click on it, what's going to pop up? It's going to pop up a keyboard, right? And you start typing into the keyboard. So a UI designer will create a prototype to kind of mimic what the mobile application would do, right? So they'll mimic, like, and allow you to be able to click to see what can actually happen, take you through a, a step-by-step of, through the prototype so that you can see what's the expectation of the UI designer trying to interpret their design to make sure mm-hmm. make sure that's interactive so that the UX researcher understands. And now the UX researcher is going to take that prototype and test it with users, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll bring it, they'll take the prototype to the users. The users uh, will go through the prototype. And, you know, I'm talking about very simple terms here, right? Because there's yeah. so many ways to do it. But in very simple terms, a UX researcher will, will take this prototype and recruit users um, you know, if you're, example, if I was building a mobile application for um, people that are buying sneakers, right, like basketball shoes, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I would probably re- try to recruit uh, users that are into basketball shoes or they like collecting basketball shoes, sneakerheads, right? And mm-hmm. I'll invite them to test the prototype to see uh, what do they like, what do they dislike, right? Just to observe while you know doing any bias and yeah, a lot of complexities with um, conducting those tests as well. A lot of layers, man. A lot of layers, <laughs> tons of layers. I and I'm, I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> take like how long? Is like I mean, like I, like seriously, like like a project. How long could a project really take? It sounds like a, it's gonna take some time. It could take some time, and the thing is, here, here's something that you want to share. Um, 
depending on the organization that you work for. When you work for a very super mature organization for UX, you probably do have, you may have some leg room, some room, a space to do UX research. For example, if you're working on something that is a brand new product experience, right? You may get some time, like a month or two to conduct this research, right? You know, figure out who are the users, pain points, uh, figuring out the business problems that you're trying to link to. You yeah. probably do have the space, but you're trying to solve for a something that's very small, right? Some organizations, um, you know, some organizations are going to be very lean where they don't have that much time. And, you know, the longer you take, you're not providing that, va- that business value, right? So some organizations, they <laughs> you probably need, to, they'll probably give you a week or two and that's it <laughs> to do all that research. Wow. A week or two? A week or two. It's not easy, uh, but it, it really depends on the project, right? So it might be something that's very small. Um, I would expect that, you know, you got to create expectations, right? If it's something that's very small that you're trying to understand, like, hey, this button, um, you know, customers complain about a button that's not working, right? Yeah. If you're just trying to solve that button, it's probably going to take you a couple of days, right? But mm-hmm. if you're trying to design a new um, new entire page, it's probably going to take it's going to take you a little bit more than that. <laughs> oh boy! It really wow. varies on the scale, right? Or you're building a, a brand new product, a brand new mobile application from zero to one. Huh. Yeah, it's going to take you a lot more than a few weeks. <laughs> and you got to set the expectations for your leadership that hey, in order to do this right, we need this information in order to make sure that we're uh, putting in the right investments, right? Because everything yeah. from UX research, UI design down to engineering, those are people hours that are being spent in meetings. It costs money to do the research, to recruit users, to do the designs, to pay engineering. It all costs money. So to do to cut out research and ignore research and just create a a design and just push push out a solution, it could be costing yourself thousands of dollars, if not more. So so I'm thinking about before we get into how to get the job, because I think some people are interested in that. I, I know my audience, they want to know the pros and the cons. Like if you could hit up like a couple bullet points of, okay, these are pros of working in the field. We talked about the compensation. So that's, that's, yeah. that's, I think good and decent. I think they like that, but they want to know like other pros and cons of working in this particular field. Could you give them some more? I just, I want, and then we'll move on to how to get into the role. Yes. I'll say the pros, the pros I'll, I'll tell you that whenever you're doing UX research or being a UI designer, the pros is being able to, feel really good that you're able to solve user problems at the end of the day and be able to know that you made the company even more money of all that all the work that you put in from a a research perspective a design perspective you Mm -hmm. are you are the creator you are the creator from a research perspective you are the creator from a design perspective you put in that work and you got to see it influence a user and it's so rewarding to see a customer use your product and you, you get to say oh oh no you improved it you like not oh no but like oh yes you improved the experience right and they light <laughs> up and they talk about it right that's a win right but that's that's what's rewarding that's that's what i i hear from others and that's what's important to me when yeah. i when i see that right i see user a uh, user satisfaction goes up business revenue goes up that's important to me cons of um, UX researcher and UI designer. And again, we'll just talk about those professions. There's tons of other UX professions, uh, yeah. user experience professions. I'll say the toughest thing is, you know, in, industry-wide, e- even the most even the most mature UX user experience organization out there, they may market themselves as uh, mature. They're really not. Mm. And it's very hard. Like, so I'll give you an example. Okay. I actually met a boy, buddy. We talked about this uh, UX maturity in the organization. There's a lot of organizations that are they do create the UX researcher roles, the UI designer roles. They have a team, but not everyone's bought in, right? And I've been there. Like not everyone's bought into mm-hmm. research. Like they love to have the role, but they want to tell these roles how to do the job, and mm. that's that's the cons of being in these roles, right? And not every organization is going to be like this, but there is a struggle in the industry. These companies create these roles. You join the company as a researcher or designer, but then the cons is that you, you found out that the maturity level isn't that great. And when, when I mean what that, what that you know, I mean by that is 
these roles are created to be execute to just to execute, not be part of strategy. Ooh. They don't they don't have a seat at the table, right? So Ooh, they come wow. in as a researcher, and they're having the cons is able to build to build, make sure they're able to build these business cases and be able to create that strong partnerships. And sometimes these roles were just created to be uh, just pure execution. And what that really means is that you may have a leader in the company, right? Uh, or other departments that don't understand the value of UX and you don't have a executive level that sits on the level UX, right? Yeah. And that that organization has the luxury of having a C-level user experience officer, right? Yeah. Um, or somebody that sits at that level to really convey that aspect. Now you're an individual contributor being trying to trying to convince our you know senior leadership of why you're not there to just just to execute. You're more you're there to really help on holistically yeah. strategy and execution. Um, so what they're usually told is you know, they get into the role, they start day one, they meet with the team, and they get assigned to a project. When they get assigned to their project, there might be a project manager. Project manager has collected all the business requirements, and you're given those business requirements to retrofit, retrofit what you need to do from a UX researcher perspective, retrofit from a UI designer perspective. Right. Now you're getting requirements, and you're asked to produce execution. Right. Oh, and that takes yeah. that breaks people's hearts as a UX researcher and a UI designer because you're there uh-huh. to be able to do the research and be able to utilize that research from a user centric standpoint and produce outcomes that are based on data, based on research, not requirements. And that mm-hmm. is the cons of I'm not saying that every company has that, but that's yeah. that those are the cons in some organizations where you you join in and you know everything that you learn in boot camp, everything you learn in college about your user center, uh, user center design or design thinking is out the window. Now you become a just work on pure execution, right? So stay away from those companies. So you happen to encounter them, right? You'll probably figure out the interviews. Ask about their culture. Ask about the UX processes. Ask about mm-hmm. the maturity. Uh, mm-hmm. Stay away from those because it's, it's not worth the fight. And that you know what I think about when you said that? I think about all the movies the cartoons where there's an exhibition, right? And you always have that scientist, that botanist, that uh, archaeologist who's like, we're not supposed to go here. We're not supposed to do that. And like, oh, get out of here. You you didn't pay for this expedition. And whatever the case may be. And then they stumble onto trouble. And the archaeologist, whoever the expert was, like, hey, I told you so. You know, uh, I kind of see that is like the con that you're talking about. It's like you have this person that's that should be utilized as the expert to kind of guide and help with strategy but is more or less because of whatever reason they're pushing the back burner and and unfortunately that's not the case so if you're still here after all that <laughs> you still <laughs> i still want to be in ui design i still want to be a ux researcher what would you say is from because let me just I mean, let me just ask this question first before i say my question how how long have you been in this space does it give people an idea yeah, I've been in this space for 15 plus years, um, mm-hmm. even before it was even called uh, user experience, right? And a lot of a lot of individuals that are are in my field, uh, everyone has a different story, right? They're like, "Hey, I started in pro- project management, starting product management, I yeah. started in strategy, and eventually evolved into UX, evolved into product management." I've been I've been in this space uh, for a long time. I can tell. I, I think a lot of people that are listening to this conversation can tell that you have been here and you've been doing this for a while. So with that being said, if you could change, if you could go all, if you go go back in time, mm-hmm. let's just start there and you could change yes. things, what would you say is the ideal way for someone to become a UI designer or US, UX researcher? What is the ideal path that some, somebody should try to take? Oh, yeah. So what has actually helped me Um and what's going to be very interesting, I'll talk to you. Role, I'll talk to you about a role called a product designer, right? Um, you know, for those of you that are coming from college and coming from these boot camps, you probably you probably had you know you probably study uh, being a generalist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in UX, right? Or you have gravitated to being a UX researcher. You decided you want to be a UX researcher. Now you decide you want to be a UI designer. And you know, ever since 
for the last few years, um, I don't know if anyone, anyone in the audience is noticing, but there's been a new, a new emergence of jobs and responsibilities, right? What organization is becoming so lean, right? They're getting, they're trying to figure out more intelligent ways to combine roles and responsibilities, right? Yeah. And, and I'll give you an example. Some UX researchers that are very analytical are now being asked to do wireframes, design. Some UI designers are being asked to do <laughs> research. And it's adding those responsibilities. And it's, it's starting to really, and that, that comes from the problem of organizations being lean. And, and now they're adding more hats. And that's that's becoming like a transformation lately, right? There's mm-hmm. always there's always been a role um, called product designer, but the product, the role of a product designer is starting to evolve. And some of you are like, "What is a product designer?" I never heard of this role when when I was in boot camp. Um, and it's a, it's a combination, right? It's a combination of do, you know thinking like a re- researcher, doing the research, understanding users. Um, you know, from a designer perspective, you're also designing as well. But the key component. That's starting to emerge, and you know, if uh, you know, just to answer your question, if I were to take a step step all the way back, I would much prefer to start out in product management, right? Um, product management, and this is this is where there will be some tie-in here as well. Okay. Starting with product management, and so product management for those of you that don't know, and I'm going to try to keep it very high level. Um, but in, let's say, for example you have a, a mobile application, right? There's a, a role called a product manager that basically will frame, they're responsible for the metrics of the mobile application, right? Yeah. So everything from uh, how much how much money does a mobile application make, all the finite metrics of user engagement, right? How many people are coming to the mobile application, utilizing it, how many people are dropping off, Mm. Uh, how many clicks it gets, and that that entire mobile application, the success and the failures, how it's getting rated in the Google Play Store or the Apple iOS Store, somebody's managing all that. That's yeah. a product manager. So our product manager's responsibility is to make sure that that mobile application is their product. They're managing that product, right? They're managing the life cycle of that product, everything from building it from the ground up to maintaining it, to evolving it to the next stage, creating roadmaps of basically problems to solve, to be able to hit their objectives of you know, revenue or engagement. They're responsible for all that. And that product management piece, not only are they managing, uh, working with engineering, working with designers at UX, uh, UX researchers separately, uh, certain aspects, but they're managing how work gets done, right? But they're focusing yeah. on the what, the why. Why are we like what what problems do we need to solve? And when I talk about problems, they're not necessarily like something's broken, but yeah. uh what are some complex problems that we are trying to solve for our business in order to grow revenue for this mobile application, right? So yeah. they're thinking like the business because they are the business, certain ways. We're not some organizations that they're not the business, but they, they have business metrics that tie to they're responsible for business metrics. They're trying to solve business problems. And they're tying business problems, tying business problems and the actual product problems and the user problems all together. Right. Hmm. And they're creating that link, that relationship, business, user problems, uh, oh, all boy. together, right? Um, so this doesn't sound like an entry level position. <laughs> this sounds like a place where you, like your final <laughs> destination, like the movie, except you, you, you're, you're alive in this one. I'm just <laughs> so what you're doing when you're doing that role, right? You're you're understanding how the business works and how yeah. the business gets interconnected with your product. How does the product get interconnected with your users? You're looking looking at everything holistically, and when you start there. When you start there, having a, a business mindset, you understand the reason we do things is to is for the business. Now, mm. once you have that mindset, how once you have that knowledge, and then you start to get into UX research. Now you're going deep. You're doing deep diving into. All right, now I understand what the business problems are. What is what are the user problems associated with it? Right, because I know the okay. business problem is, you know, business problems. You usually will work through the business problems. You'll figure out which are 
the biggest business problems to prioritize. Yeah. And that kind of streamlines everything else where you need to find, figure out what are the user problems that are associated with, with those business problems. Now, if you're able to start out with a product management mindset, now you're going to UX research, now you're going to UI design, that started to merge. And it's kind uh, of funny. Yeah. <laughs> it lends itself to each other. It, it does. It does that balance, right? I'm not saying that it's it's perfect or every organization, right? But that's a... Yeah. Some organizations don't do product design like that, but but that's starting to merge, right? You're when you're a product designer, you think like a product manager. You're obsessed about business problems, but you also some organizations you are lean. You don't have a UX researcher. You are doing the UX research. You Ooh. don't have a UI designer. You are the designer. You are the, doing design. You are creating the prototypes, right? Yeah. Um, so you're doing it all, and you're working with engineering, you're working with collaborators across the organization to make it happen. But at the end of the day, you are responsible um, for the end, end experience, right? Hmm. Um, but it's, you know, th that's the thing. It's, it's starting to emerge toward that. And you can have a lot of arguments here. You're going to have um, people in the product management world, product managers are going to be like, hey, hey, uh, stay out of the world. <laughs> you got to butt in. You got to in, right? But it's it's very interesting. I, I, there's some really product designers, when they think like a product manager, oh, they're, they're so powerful. Like they're wow. not, not, not powerful from a, a ego standpoint, but powerful from a value standpoint, right? When wow. they provide value to the company and the business, now they're getting listened to. Now they're getting eyes on them because then when they talk about their solutions and they talk about the priorities, they talk about the road mapping, they could talk to executives about why we should do this, right? Yeah. Because they're using a very holistic um, workflow, right? They understand the entire workflow, what it takes in order to get stuff done. Wow. I, didn't think, I never thought about it so deeply. And I think that a lot of people that are, probably on the fence of trying to figure out where they should land in tech. I don't even know if they thought about it this deep, but that, that allows us to kind of get a really good picture about, okay, this is what I'm stepping into. Oh, this is that world. And so I think that that's, that's going to be something that a lot of people are going to find value. And if you found value in this conversation, I want you to go ahead and put it in the chat below. Please let Jimmy know how much you appreciate him. And also they can find you on LinkedIn, right? They can connect with you there. That's not a problem. Yeah, absolutely. You can just uh, go to linkedin.com forward slash Jimmy Chung UX. Uh, you'll yeah. be able to easily find me. And so let me ask you this last question, because I think uh, sometimes nowadays when it comes to the tech industry, tech boot camps are more readily braced than it was years ago. Is this particular field, UI design or UX researcher, is this particular field embraced when it comes to just taking a tech boot camp to get in there? Or are they still looking for people that have a degree in this field in order to land a job or a role? I'll tell you, um, from the perspectives of, of uh, going going to college and getting a degree, for mm -hmm. the, I'll say about, probably like 10 years ago, you're probably going to find many colleges offering user, user experience bachelor's of science degree, right? That I'll tell you as a hiring manager, that's not important to me, right? Whether you went to a four-year college or not. What's important to me is your outcomes, what you what you produce, mm. right? Not every hiring manager is going to say that, but if you're able to work in a, on a project, you know, whether you go to Upwork uh, or Fiverr, or you work because you know work consulting, uh, and you're able to land that internship or land a mini project where you're able to provide value. That's important to me as a hiring manager. It doesn't matter what college uh, you went to for me, right? I mean, everyone could, you know, it's, it's not saying that everyone, but like, let's say for example, a hundred kids, a hundred kids went to college, right? They all got the same degree. Well, what makes you different, right? True, true, the difference true, true. could be your outcome, right? Not your outputs. You all can do the same. You all have the same frameworks. <laughs> you all have the same portfolios of doing the same structure that you're taught in college. Same thing for the boot camps. You're taught to do the same thing. And I, I definitely mm. want to share this with you and the community is um, hiring as a hiring manager. I see a lot of portfolios that look the same from these two tech boot camps. And, you know, I, whether you're a fan of boot camps or not, um, you know, for me, I encourage, I, you know, not every boot camp is going to be, it's, good, not, it's not going to be great for every student, right? Some of these yeah. things are 
$10,000, and you're trying to get into the field and try to get a job. They're expensive, right? And sometimes even more than that, sometimes $20,000. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sponsored by any boot camp. I, I don't have any tie-ins with any boot camps. But, uh, I am anti-boot camp, right? And I'll, I'll tell you why. Especially for somebody that's trying to get into the field. I'd rather have you going to uh, Coursera or Google, some entry-level Try out the free courses, see what you like. It's not for everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once you learn, when you learn, once you learn through these like thirty dollar courses, fifty dollar courses, right? You go into the end of experience. Yeah. Uh, Interaction Foundation is also a, a good one as well. It's very low cost. You get to experience. The, you get to go to the courses. You get to go to the materials. You get to understand why UX is important. Once you go through that. You know, some of these some of these courses will give you an exercise to create a portfolio or create a case study. Yeah. Um, but you got to make it your own. Go yeah. out there, identify a very unique business problem, and it has to be real. You cannot just be like, "Hey, let me just go make up something." Right. Mm-hmm. Because you, your your work when you're presenting that to a hiring manager is just made up work. You never proved it. You never yeah. proved any value of it. Right. So wow. start out small, uh, do some real, real life research, start interviewing people um, mm-hmm. realistically, right? Yeah. Uh, create, you know, work with others, team up, create a prototype, really test it out in the market. There's a lot of applications out there where you can do that yourself. Yeah. A lot of no code applications as well. Just make the attempt, buy it, see whether you like it. And you're not spending thousands and thousands of dollars to figure out like, hey, Whew. I'm going to create the no. same portfolio like yeah. the rest of these boot camp attendees right and yeah you know, seriously I, I don't want to offend anyone kudos to you that you did these boot camps right you worked really yeah. hard for these boot camps but you know once you you have done that you need to take it to the next level you need to get real life experience by start produce these i'm not saying that you need to go have somebody hire you for these initiatives create yeah. a project your own right think yeah. about the next application the new newsletter that you want to do right yeah. Uh, there's affordable options out there and really yeah. showcase that you can do a case study. Mm-hmm. Use that case study to the hiring managers to show that I'm unique. I did not produce the same camp exercise, the same boot camp <laughs> portfolio, because it doesn't make you different, right? Yeah. And that's that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's not to yeah. like say that you didn't work hard for it, but I'm trying to provide this context so that you could be very you could add that value and be very, very unique and different. I, I I like that. I like that. When you said the price points of some of those boot camps, I was like, oh my heart. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. oh, because like one thing I love about course careers being a tech sales, uh, using it for my tech sales yeah. uh, career is that course careers are one of the most affordable things out there. It's literally five hundred bucks, four fifty for for promo code, That's and awesome. you could pay that in like payments. Like they break it down like as as easy as it could possibly be. But I love what you, I, what I like about what you said is that even if you were to go to tech bootcamp that's affordable. Try to find as much information as you possibly can to create yourself a unique portfolio that oh, yeah. separates you from other people. Because guess what? These, I mean, the tech industry is huge, but certain fields are not as huge. And so the hiring managers may start to see a trend. I'm, I'm assuming, am I right? Or what, am I right in saying that? Or am I wrong in saying oh, yeah. that? You definitely yeah. see a trend. You know, I, I talked to other hiring managers and they see the same thing over and over again. And it starts to be very repetitive and you're not mm. able to see the difference. And I, I, I want to, I want to reinforce um, an, an advice to the community. Yeah. If you're looking, if you're looking to courses, right. You don't have to go for the, the big boot camps. So you can afford it. Great. But yeah. check out YouTube. There's a ton of uh, designers, product designers, UX mm-hmm. researchers that are, they will walk you through the day in the life of UX researcher. I was just going to say that. Product designer. Also, there's some awesome people that are out there in the field that record the day to day, but they're yeah. also doing free tutorials, right? Yeah. Watch their free tutorials, and some of them will offer what they call a master class, right? Mm. And some of the master classes are very similar to the example of five hundred dollars, right? But oh, the wow. they've proven that value to you through the free t- tutorials. You know what you're getting in self, yourself into, right? Yeah. Rather than yeah. committing to a, it's yeah. expensive, right? It's expensive. For, it's expensive to pay ten thousand dollars, twelve thousand dollars, and even Ooh, my heart again. It's uh, so, <laughs> so, that's almost like a car, right? Um, yeah, that is or, a car. It's, that is a car, right? And uh, you know, some some boot camps will be like, you don't have to pay anything until you get a you job. get the job <laughs> and then you gotta pay them like 50 then you gotta pay um yeah. 
don't do that. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that, but like, don't do that. That I, one hurts. I, it hurts. I, I hear more. horror stories, and you know, sometimes your your first entry level job isn't gonna pay you that much, and now you're you're gonna feel that pain, right? So yeah, taste it, sample it, try out those thirty dollar, fifty dollar courses, YouTube tutorials, see whether you can. Do you even like it? Do you even like the work, right? Yeah. Before you make the full transition and commit yourself, and then eventually later, yeah, you can start investing yourself. You want to do that full boot camp to um, hone in on your skill sets and do some advanced skills to find those courses. Not just yeah. don't do the elementary stuff. Or save the elementary stuff for the lower fifty dollars courses. I, I totally agree with you in regards to and, and listen, I, I, I say it all the time here. I'm an affiliate with course careers and whatever the case may be, but I was just going to suggest the same thing. I was to suggest YouTube university because you want to kind of get an idea of what it is. But here's another thing too. You could connect with people on LinkedIn who are already in the role and just kind of like start to create genuine connections with them, genuine relationships with them and ask them, Hey, I'm really interested in getting into this field. What, you know, what would you like? Could I have a conversation with you? Can I get bring? Can I give you some coffee uh, virtually, or whatever the case may be? Virtually, we can meet, or if they're in your area, you could meet together. I think the the tech community is one of the most inclusive, you know, welcoming communities that I have ever been a part of. And people, if they have the time and they have the bandwidth, they'll open themselves up to you and be like, "Yeah, you know, let me show you what with you what I know." And and that's another way to do it if you're looking for like a genuine mentorship even a sponsorship type of relationship you can develop that through linkedin uh, so absolutely i love the i like what you really said at the end and i hey listen i am an affiliate with a boot camp a uh, couple boot camps but i'm more uh, concerned about people getting into this space more than anything else so kudos to you for saying that i really do like what you did say there sample a cake bite before you buy the whole cake right sample it first yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. And so with that being said, Jimmy, thank you so much for being on on the show with me today. I want to remind everybody that his LinkedIn will be in the description below. Actually, it is in the description right now. So go ahead when the time is right and click on that. He's open to you following him. He's open to you making connections with him. And he is uh, maybe that's my my cue. Uh, but he's in this space and he's willing to help to the best of his ability help you and help others get into this space i'm gonna say it again you i design and ux researcher i think i got it jimmy i think i finally got it thank you so much and family like like always say until next time we hope to see you on the other side take care now